From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Tuesday, February 1st. Paleontologists and concerned community members are asking why heavy machinery appears to have been driven over a section of the Mill Canyon dinosaur track site. The track site is 15 miles north of Moab and part of an area considered incredibly significant to paleontology, a place where a diverse array of dinosaurs left their imprints 112 million years ago. A visitor first noticed vehicle tracks across and near some of the site's exposed footprints last week. They reportedly alerted the Bureau of Land Management and the paleontology community. I saw one place, a tire track going right up to uh, one of the larger dinosaur tracks. So that's the kind of thing that would most definitely cause damage. Lee Shenton is the president of the Moab chapter of Utah Friends of Paleontology. He and others assessed the damage over the weekend. Some claim about 20 to 30 percent of the Mill Canyon dinosaur track site area is affected. That's probably true. I'm not contesting that in the least. But it doesn't mean that 20 to 30 percent of the tracks were impacted. So what I saw was, yes, there were tracks in places that we wouldn't want to see them. And yes, I saw at least one case where a track was definitely impacted. I did not see wholesale damage to the footprints of the dinosaurs. But Shenton says it's really difficult to tell what the extent of the damage will be. That's because fractures in the rock can occur without being immediately obvious. He says they won't have a clear picture of fractures until freeze and thaw cycles open them up. So why was heavy machinery at the track site? The Bureau of Land Management hired a contractor to remove and replace a raised wooden boardwalk at the site. That boardwalk had warped and presented a, quote, trip hazard, according to a 2021 environmental assessment. The BLM planned to replace it with an elevated concrete walkway. The BLM's Moab field office released a statement last night saying the agency is, quote, working to improve safe public access with an updated boardwalk. They admit that heavy equipment is on location, but they say it is not being used in, quote, the protected area. Utah Friends of Paleontology has worked with the BLM since the site first opened nearly a decade ago. At the time, Shenton says the agency instructed their group to walk on the dinosaur track-bearing layer of rocks as little as possible. Because while it's rock, it's hard, and it's light green and easy to distinguish that from the rest of the overburden. It's uh, also brittle and relatively thin, just a few inches thick. So uh, the problem is you can cause damage to the site by walking on it even in the wrong places, and certainly by driving tired equipment on it. For the contractor replacing the boardwalk, Shenton thinks it may have seemed obvious where the tracks were and how to avoid them. The damage Shenton observed was largely in the northeast corner of the site, away from the central area. But what they didn't recognize is that That whole site has small drainages and almost every place you see one of those small drainages and the bedrock is exposed, uh, there are tracks. And what happens is that the site gets covered frequently with uh, windblown or waterblown sand and soils. 
And Shenton says a paleontologist would have known that. The BLM Moab field office has not replaced their in-house paleontologist since Rebecca Hunt Foster left for Dinosaur National Monument in 2018. And the track site allegedly was not flagged or marked for contractors to avoid sensitive areas. The fact is it's, it's not obvious where all of the tracks are on that site. And some places the overburden is uh, not two feet thick. Some places it's just a couple of inches. So I think if there had been a qualified paleontologist in place locally with detailed local knowledge of the site, all of those trackways in the work area would have been flagged the way the uh, environmental assessment uh, plan designated. It's disappointing to us that they don't have a locally based paleontologist for this area. One of the premier paleontology areas in uh, the state, let alone the country. Yesterday, the Center for Biological Diversity filed a cease and desist letter to the BLM state director. The organization is asserting that the BLM violated federal laws and did not appear to have a paleontologist supervising the project. There was inadequate public participation in the environmental review of this project. You know, the paleontological community states from all quarters they were not consulted. And that seems to violate their own uh, environmental assessment of the project. Patrick Donnelly is the Great Basin Director with the Center for Biological Diversity. The organization works to protect land, water, and climate for wild animals and plants. Yeah, people sort of wonder, well, why does the Center for Biological Diversity get involved in this particular issue? Paleontological resources, dinosaur trackways, fossils, tell us so much about the past and biodiversity of the past and extinction in the past. And these are all things we need to know about if we're going to understand today's biodiversity and the patterns of extinction that we are currently facing. So uh, the, the scientific value of these resources can't be overstated. Donnelly says managing a rare paleontological site is not all that different from managing a rare endangered species habitat. It was important to us that BLM be held accountable for this destruction. The Center for Biological Diversity is asking the BLM's state office to respond to their cease and desist letter by Wednesday. As for Shenton, he commends the Utah Friends of Paleontology member who raised the alarm about the damage at the Mill Canyon track site last week. This is a good example of what our nonprofit does across the state, that is uh, learn about the paleo resources and try to preserve them as best we can and help the pros uh, assist uh, them in any way we can. The BLM folks, once they heard about the high risk of potential damage to the tracks, did suspend the project. Uh, of course, th- there are a lot of us paleontologist uh, types who are not happy that this happened because that's one of the premier track sites in North America, frankly. Governor Spencer Cox provided Fox 13 News with a statement late Monday night. His team called the Mill Canyon Dinosaur Track Site a state treasure and said, quote, We are very concerned to learn of the damage there. According to the statement, Cox's office spoke with the Deputy Secretary of the Interior to offer state assistance to protect the dinosaur tracks. Every year across the country, volunteers hit the streets to collect data on the unsheltered. The effort is called a point-in-time count and takes place over three days. The goal is to share information with officials who can then better direct services. 
Justin Higginbottom reports on the effort in Moab. I'm walking along Pack Creek with some local volunteers. The forested area is somewhat hidden, but close enough to Main Street that you can still hear traffic. We're looking for those that spent last night outside. It's cold, like below freezing cold. And last night was probably not the most comfortable for those without a house. This is the first day of the point-in-time count. So today, which is Thursday the 27th, tomorrow and Saturday, we go around looking for people that are unsheltered, homeless, and ask them where did they sleep the night of Wednesday the 26th. That's Sarah Melnikoff of Moab Solutions. We soon come across a tent. It's a popular spot, she says. Hello? Hey, um, sorry to spring this on you, but we're doing that point-in-time survey. Her colleague Diego Velasquez asks the man staying here some questions about his situation. The question is, for this occasion of homelessness, about what date did you start sleeping in, on the streets? I don't know. I have amnesia. There's a lot of stuff that I, he may ask me. I don't know if I don't know. I'll say I don't know. Do you have diagnosed chronic health condition that has lasted more than three months? I don't know. They won't tell me what my disability is. They just tell me I'm disabled. I was in a car that rolled six times end over end at like 65, 75 miles an hour. I was in the front seat without a seatbelt on. I was working on the railroad outside of Rock Springs, Wyoming, and I woke up in Utah when I woke up uh, over a year later. They hand out socks and a gift card. Melnikoff has been helping the homeless here for years, and she's noticed some changes in that time. What I've seen, of course, is all the people living in vans and whatnot. You know, if it doesn't have running water or plumbing, it's not meant for human habitation then they would count as unsheltered homeless. Right, like one of the people that's going to be interviewed at the food bank today is a, a working woman. She and her husband both work. They can't find any place to live, and they're living in a car. She also sees more hard drugs on the street, like meth or heroin. Those drugs can be tainted with the powerful opioid fentanyl. So today she's also handing out drug testing strips and a nasal spray for overdoses. We check another camp a short walk away, but it's abandoned for now. There's some garbage, a tarp, shopping cart, and a small Christmas tree. Data from this count won't be available for another couple weeks. Last year, 30 people self-identified as homeless in the county, but Sarah notes it's almost certainly an underestimate. There's some in jails and the hospital now that aren't counted, but will likely be living outside soon. She's also worried that recent evictions along King Creek Boulevard and a trailer court in town could add to homelessness in the area. Justin Higginbottom for KZMU News. And that's the KZMU News for Tuesday, February 1st. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.